everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Riz Cheese Radio Podcast. My name is Schmidt, and this is episode 32. And we're happy to be here on the podcast again, your favorite place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. As always, I'm joined by my good friend. You guys know him. You love him. Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what's going on, my friend? Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, which means I smell like lobster and hate. So that's sort of where I'm at right lobster now. Lobster and hate? What? <laughs> During this glorious weekend, I get to bash lobsters with a gigantic knife and uh, make them more easily accessible to people. It's a lot of fun. I, I see. Okay. So, I mean, it's honestly an art. It's, it's really an art. Like I, I could probably, I could probably crack a lobster in about 15 seconds, completely deshell it in probably 30. Seriously. Yeah. People like to take videos. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun is I guess I have to assume that's what, it, what it's like working at Benihana. If I had to guess. <laughs> wow is there like any specific type of dish that you're making or is it just no it's uh, they're all just steamed it's it's like a big uh like a clam bake type of situation ah okay 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 so just a bunch of lobsters how, how many lobsters are we talking about uh today we probably did about 300 tomorrow much more than that probably closer to seven or eight jesus you can imagine this. You can imagine the stench at the end of the evening. Oh my god! No, I can imagine it through the through the microphone. I mean, this is crazy. That many lobsters. I guess the uh, the old club. They love their uh, delicious lobsters dipped in butter. I guess plenty of it. All right. Well, hey, yeah, Memorial Day weekend. So uh, obviously, you're over here clubbing lobsters. Uh, any other special plans for the holiday? Uh, mostly working the weekend, but, um, okay. Yeah, that's kind of it. Son's birthday's coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, uh, managed to get a day off for that on a Sunday, which is miraculous. So very nice. Very nice. Any, uh, special plans for the little guy? Uh, we are doing his theme as despicable three. Despicable three. Right. He's a big minions guy. Okay. That'll be a say, lot of fun. Are you, are you dressing up like a minion? Me? No, come on. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, man. It's it's been a hot minute since we've been on the pod together, so uh, so it's time to kind of reconnect. That's right. Yeah. Um, I guess before we hop into topic, I did want to discuss a few things. Sure. W- one of which is the new Zen U fifty Pro. Which at first I thought was a joke after the Black Bay Pro, but it's not. <laughs> um, is this is this actually a Pro watch? I believe it is. So they they did actually upgrade the watch, which is kind of neat. It's fully hegemented. It's got a dome sapphire. It has better loom. Okay. No no date. Cleaner. Th- it's yeah. It's definitely a cleaner design. The kind of peculiar thing about this model is that it has a crown at 10 o'clock 10 o'clock 10 o'clock but it's not a 1230 crown no certainly not but it's it's <laughs> it, it's a 10 o'clock crown okay all right and i'm gonna be honest i i don't really like it. it 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 rubs me the wrong way a little bit what the watch itself or the crown 
the I think the crown kind of kind of ruined it for me. Like I had it. I think if it was a four o'clock crown, I could live with it. Ten o'clock is weird. However, I have a friend who's kind of into Zen, and he said if you send one of their watches in for service, they will flip the dial for you so you can have a four o'clock a four o'clock crown, which could yeah, remedy I guess, that. I guess I guess it's not. Yeah, because it's literally no the same date. place. So, yeah, yeah. It's literally the same place, so it doesn't really matter how it's how it's oriented. It also doesn't really matter because there's only 150 pieces, and I don't have one of them, so... Yep. <laughs> yep, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Speaking of pieces I don't have, um, did you see the new fair that just came out? I did. Very cool, very cool. Uh, I'm in love with this watch. As you know, Aquamatic. As you know, I'm a big dive watch collector. Um, I saw this watch teased on social media over the weekend, and I absolutely love it. I think it's a very cool, fun summer watch. We've talked about that several episodes ago. This watch, I think, encapsulates that idea and that design concept. So I think it would be very cool to add to the wrist um, and certainly to the collection. So it's $9.95 US, according to the website. But... A really, really nice watch with a day-to-day complication. It is a diver at 200 meters, water-resistant, pretty loomed, um, which is pretty synonymous with Ferrer. Each one kind of has its own colorway, their own style, but it comes with three straps. Always nice. You get a NATO, you get a Ferrer Jubilee, and then you get an integrated rubber, which I think is fantastic. I want this watch. I need this watch. My wife will probably not let me get this watch, um, but I certainly do like it and think it's very, very cool. I mean, and again, we've talked about fair on the pod a few times. Um, it's something that that uh, that we've hinted at, and and I've certainly indicated that I that I really do like, and I've just kind of been waiting for the right one to come along. And there's just something about this Aquamatic that's very cool. Their other diver that they did a few years ago. Um, cool just not as cool as this one i think this one's actually very 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 interesting so we shall see i don't know which colorway i like though there's two that are kind of like toying with me and i just don't know which one it is and it's a 38 yeah i did right nice is right up your alley which is right up your alley yeah for sure right up your alley so there you go doesn't have a 10 o'clock crown though it does not. No, this is going to be your standard uh, three o'clock crown, like every other, you know, non sociopathic brand. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I like it. I like it a lot. Now I, d- I dwell on the. I. It's not even the ten o'clock crown that really upsets me. It's you know what it is. It's. It's just the fact you still can't have an opinion about anything like i it's something that just rubs me so the wrong way about this hobby is i mean obviously i talk to a lot of people on a daily like i i get a lot of dms i have a few group chats whatever whatever and i'm like you know the 10 o'clock round really just isn't doing it for me i i i don't like it and i don't think there's anything wrong with that it's not pleasing to my eye it's gonna be annoying to set yeah i I think i think it's i think it's perfectly justified right but like no everybody's like you you just have people who who just are like you you can't just have an opinion like people have to like come like combat it they can't just be like all right yeah i can see that instead they're like well rolex could do it why can't they 
And I'm like, who said Rolex could do it? We just got done dogging the crap out of Rolex. Everyone, not just us. Everyone yeah. just got done yeah. dogging the crap out of Rolex for weeks for making that watch. Right. And granted, yes, the Cyclops on the other side and the Dana on the other side are a little more egregious. But like the biggest excuse I, I heard, oh, well, it's not going to be wrist bite. And I'm like, maybe I wear my watch a little too high up or something. I have like never experienced wrist bite. And I've owned a Panerai, which is like the most redonkulous wrist biting watch of all time. I've never had that issue ever, keep, ever, keep ever, mind, ever, ever. Keep in mind, I wear my watches at work, right? And I, I will carry heavy trays in my left hand. You, so you're so also a chef. Flat. Like it's like you're doing hand, you know, you're doing knife skills and you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff, carrying heavy pots and pans, lifting different trays. And I, you know, I've, I've never, never worked been in a wrist, commercial wrist bitten. <laughs> yeah, I've never worked in a commercial kitchen, but my old fraternity house, we used to have a full fledged commercial oh, yeah. kitchen set up in there. So I know what kind of pots and pans and what kind of knives and, you know, the big kind of serving trays that you put in the warmers. Like, I know what all that stuff is, how heavy it is and what it's going to do to you when you're carrying stuff around. Like that stuff is not easy to do. And for you to not get any wrist bite, I think people are overselling. They're overselling the wrist bite. They're, they're exaggerating <laughs> this one a little bit, just a little bit. Like, I don't know, just maybe a little bit. I mean, maybe there's just some some people out there who are not in the best of health and they've got a little extra around the wrist. And when you kind of cup it back, it touches. I don't know, but I've never come close to a what I would call wrist bite. And I've had some chunky crowns in my day. No. Right No. now, either way, doesn't give me an excuse to put a clock at, uh, clock, a crown at 10 o'clock. Right. It's inconvenient. I have to reach my hand like if I'm going to set it, my dominant hand is going to go over the crystal to set it or I have to do some sort of a weird, awkward lobster claw situation around the watch to turn the crown or I have to set it upside down, which is equally yeah. annoying. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm not trying to do some lobster claw reach around situation. I mean, that that kind of sounds like a fun. Uh, never mind. But. <laughs> but <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and thankfully it's not a, it's a no date because I can't imagine how annoying pulling out a crown to multiple positions from 10 o'clock as a right-handed person would be. It just, it seems like, I don't know. It just seems like it would be a really inconvenient watch to own, despite the fact that I visually like most of the rest of the watch, just that really throws it off. And I, I don't like the helium, helium escape valves at 10. It's just, uh, it's just something that's just for some reason, visually unappealing to me i don't mind a four o'clock crown like i said but for some reason 10 really just uh i don't know it's just very off-putting to me but like again why can't why can't i just have that opinion why do people got to push back on it just no I just mean, say again, okay and move on just be like okay yeah, yeah. i mean look, I, even if you say i don't agree i'm not going to come back at you just be like all right well that's how i feel it's it, it it's just something that's always bothered me sort of about this hobby in general and i, I don't know I mean, but that's this is nothing. This is nothing new. It's nothing I mean, new. I know. Water's wet. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nothing new. And and every single time I turn around, you know, there's stuff that's created out there that's cool, and people dog on it. And there's stuff that's like arguably like not cool, like a ten o'clock crown. And everyone's like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. So I don't know if I'm just not drinking the Kool Aid like everyone else is, but. You know, there's some things that arguably like that are are not they're not worth it to me. Like that's just a it, 
pro or not it's a dumb design move like period and again i wouldn't have mad i for some reason a nine o'clock crown doesn't bother me but 10 i don't know yeah it's oh it's just not 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 smart so Right. What are you gonna well, do I, though? What are you gonna do? Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on it too much. I don't want to bring down the vibe. It's a, it's a fun weekend for a lot of people. Maybe not me, but for mostly everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and also happy Memorial Day. This is gonna drop on Memorial Day. Yes. So happy Memorial Day to everybody, and uh, thank you to all the armed forces who are currently serving or have served. We are uh, obviously forever indebted to you and grateful. So big thanks to you. You're uh, and, the, and most the, importantly the, the real MVP. Who- yeah, and most importantly, the, the 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 men and women who are no longer here, because um, that's that's really the biggest part of Memorial Day as well. It's like I mean, gotta give thanks for for the people that that did give the ultimate sacrifice. Um, that's certainly very important, and and we will be forever in your debt. So thank you. Yeah, I mean, my my wife's grandfather is a vet. My grandfather was a vet. He's no longer with us, but um, you know, I and it's funny because I uh. I, I always kind of looked at old pictures to see if it was wearing any kind of like uh, whether it being issued or just a personal sort of watch, military watch. But yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't gotten anywhere. My wife's grandfather wears an old Timex that it might be that old to be honest. But I never yeah, really, yeah. Asked, I never really asked him about it. He doesn't really talk about his war experience as much. You know, a lot not- of those, a lot of those old guys just don't, and and for good reason. I mean, it's just. There's a bit of a stoicism there. A lot of them just won't 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 regale us with those with those uh, exploits. But uh, very interesting. Yeah, f- funny enough, right? My grandfather, who was in the war, I believe it was Korea. He was like totally a bad. Like he, I mean, he he did he saw combat and everything. But like he, when I was a kid, he made the army seem like it was the coolest place in the world. Right? That was when GI Joe was still cool. So like, yeah. yeah. You were under the impression that the army was like this, like very like glamorous place, right? I mean, he used to tell he he didn't really talk much about like fighting, but he would say, "Oh, you know, we used to play cards in the foxhole. We played baseball." I'm like, "All right, this sounds cool." Right? <laughs> and it was funny. I was listening to this stand-up comedian one time, and it it's almost like if you've ever seen Zombieland, they they usually call you by where you're from. Yeah, people are from all over, right? So he's from Brooklyn, so he's calling Brooklyn. I'm watching the stand-up comic one time, and he's making a joke about like an old like war troop and he's like you ever notice there's always a guy named brooklyn and i was like oh my god how true like it was so hysterical because like what are the odds of that it was it was really funny but uh but so my grandfather he, he'd always tell us these stories about it, and i was like man the army seems like a such a fun place he's got this one story it's probably my favorite one it was about it was a sunday and if you're italian on sunday you make macaroni it's what you do it's really no matter what you drop everything you make mac everybody makes macaroni on sundays as an italian so he's like in macaroni the army. and cheese or is no like no no we call we, sorry we call macaroni we, we call pretty much any any pasta so um you know obviously that stuff is dried so you can travel with it really really easily okay so he's in the army and you know they're they're camped in and he's got the pot up and he's, he's got the macaroni in and it's a sin to let the macaroni stick. So he's he's making this pot of macaroni and the bullets start flying. And he's like, oh crap, right? So he, he ducks down in the foxhole. He's like, I can't can't let can't let it stick. He's sticking his arm out, stirring the pot while they're trading lead back and forth. Oh my God. It's like this, but it's like this famous family story we have about my grandfather stirring the macaroni so it doesn't stick while he's under fire. And like it was just like the funniest thing, but uh 
the you priority know, so- the priorities in this moment just <laughs> that yeah. is completely ridiculous but it also is. completely awesome at the same time but that's like who he was you know like i said yeah, yeah. He, to- he was totally cool to talk about it where other people are very just like you don't want to hear about things yeah you know? it's it, like my grandfather both my grandfathers uh they served in the military one was in uh was in the marine corps the other was uh was in the army um and funny enough uh the grandfather that was in the army he was actually in korea as well uh he was a mortarman so he saw active combat and sent a uh, High flying projectiles in yeah. the air, so uh, which is crazy. Uh, my other grandfather was was in the Marine Corps, and uh, shout out to all you Marine Corps uh, listeners out there. Potentially, uh, he was in the he was in the Chosen Reservoir and and uh, and fought and heavily in combat as well. So it's um, both of them served. So it, there's some cool stories, but there. But my uh, my grandfather that was in the Marine Corps, I never actually met, um, which is very interesting. He died uh, many many years before I was ever born. But I look just like him, which is which is so crazy that, you know, when I look at photos of That's somebody that cool. I've never met, like we look very similar. And uh, it was my mom's dad. So it's like every once in a while, she just like gives me this weird look like it's like <laughs> it's like I know you <laughs> yeah, exactly like I know you just like it's it's so strange. Uh, and my other grandfather, unfortunately, we, we lost him a few years back, but uh, both very, very impressive people. Um, very, very cool guys. So, yeah, same thing. Like, I never. I never got the uh, the whole watches thing with them, like I could never find it, like, you know, my my Marine Corps, my Marine Corps grandfather, like I never met, but I did know um, that uh, he was issued a Bolivar uh, during the war. And my grandmother lost it <laughs> somewhere. And then she <sighs> passed away. And then now we have no idea where it's at. Um, but uh, apparently he had like a like a GI issued bull of a manual wind watch and it's gone now. So there's that. Yep. And then my other grandfather, uh, who was a mortarman, uh, he actually had a Rolex back in the day uh, and he lost it. In a card uh, game in Korea. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, he bought it at the PX. He bought it at the PX, and uh, and he was actually betting some people in the card game in at the during the war, and he ended up losing his Rolex, um, which is funny. But then you know, many years later, I think I've told the story before, where my dad was um, he was gifted a Rolex by one of his roommates in college. I think yep. this was one of the first episodes we talked about. Yep, I remember that. And uh, as a gift my dad decided to give him the Rolex that he won as a replacement for the Rolex that he lost. And so my grandfather basically wore that Rolex all the way up until his passing um, about three or four, uh, three or four years ago now. <clears throat> but that was a Rolex Explorer to Steve McQueen. Yep, That was the one. So I think it was a 1655 reference, if I'm yep. not mistaken, the, the big orange hand. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And it was cool because it was one of the only ones I've ever seen on a Jubilee. It was not on an oyster, which never is the, I, I've I've never seen it either until that watch. It was very strange, but it was originally on a jubilee, not on an oyster. And I don't know if I don't know if the bracelet was damaged at some point, and it was swapped out. But um, if you Google sixteen fifty five on jubilee, like there are some references that do come up. Yeah, I mean, there was like a lot of mix and match during that era, so I could I could see that being legit. But yeah, it was just so cool to see it like 
and it was like all ghosted out. The dial was gray, it was no longer black. Like it was literally worn every single day. Damn. And that's still around, you said, right? Yeah, it's still around. It's in the um, family somewhere. It's in the family. Unfortunately, it's not with my dad, who's the one who's watched it was. Jeez. So there's a little bit of bad blood there. Yeah, I can imagine. So there you go. There's my story. <laughs> it's not a good one, but it's a story anyway. Uh, so we have a topic that we want to talk about today, yeah, right? <laughs> it, it is not military watches. That was a little too on the nose. That just happened to be a, a tangent we went up in. Um, it is not what military watches, but sort of in the honor of the long weekend. And I think it's a pretty, pretty big travel weekend, whether it's sure is it might just be more of a driving vacation weekend i mean it's not that long but you could definitely hop a flight go somewhere nice yeah for sure uh so in that vein uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about traveling and watches and i guess kind of all things encompassing within that whether it be the watches you're taking how you're bringing them where you're going etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now i know when i travel i like to keep things low-key because i find if people are going to take stuff from you, they're going to look for things that are obvious, right? Okay. I, I, I okay. used, I, I mean, I know I talked about it in one episode. I use like a, it's like a black canvas watch roll. It's very yeah. inconspicuous. It's, it could be anything. It could be your electric toothbrush when it's rolled up. You would never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You know, I like to use that personally. I, I think like a leather roll kind of says like steal me. If it's like a leather it roll, it's got little, like it looks it looks a little nicer for sure, for sure. Yeah, I just see that that might be uh and it's also a lot a lot more price friendly. I mean, I don't need to drop three hundred dollars on a watch roll just to have somebody else uh take, take it. it off me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I I understand the idea of the watch roll. I just never myself never got one. Like I have I have kind of a watch roll itself but it's not really a i'm thinking like the hard leather case yeah yeah no no i don't have anything like that um that's like a leather wrap it's a yeah it's a leather wrap but it's funny like this is one that was like a uh it was actually from the speedy tuesday one watch no okay this is this is actually in the original packaging and one of the clients you know back in the day when i used to sell he's just like yeah i'm never gonna use this so he's like do you want it I was like, uh, yes. Um, I was like, sure. I was like, I'll buy it from you. He's like, no, 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 I didn't ask you to buy it. He's like, I'm just gonna give it to you. Sick. I was like, are you sure? I was like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I am literally never gonna use this. I was like, okay. So for a long time, I felt like super guilty. So I just like kept it in my closet and just never used it. But now, especially when I do travel for work, since that's pretty often, um, I use it for all my tools. So I carry. Um, some poly watch in there, my springboard tool, maybe an extra NATO strap or something like that to, to do a strap change. But I don't really have like a dedicated role, like like to store multiple watches. So it's for me, this is kind of like one of the things I bring. But. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it mostly depends on well the method of travel you're taking for one. Sure, 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 sure. Your destination. How, you know probably at where you're if you're going to be checking it if you're going to be bringing it with you if, you know how many times your bag is going to change hands is a big deal yeah that's true i mean i don't know 
if this is everywhere, but there there's a a popular scam I've heard of. Let's just say, you know, being a New Yorker, we get we get a lot of these. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, the guys who lug the bags back and forth probably aren't the highest paid people in the airport. Let's just say, right? I'm talking okay. about the ones who put it in the plane, right? So if yeah. you check, if you're checking a bag. Right, so you have the guy who drives the cart out there with all the bags on it. Then he he loads them up, and there's a guy in the underneath of the plane whose job it is to like organize them so that they all fit. Right. right. Now, when that dude goes to get more bags, that dude's got a solid like five ten minutes to you know what is he doing in there? He might be snooping around. That's people report things you know rummage through and such like that. The the dude up in there, he's. Obviously, there's no camera. He's got full reign to do whatever he wants. And guess yeah. what? You you got a solid gold watch in there. That thing might be getting pocketed. And if it's a nice a nice blingy watch roll, prime target, right? Again, yeah. why I think I'd rather roll inconspicuous and, 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 and hidden inside some Louis Vuitton luggage. So exactly right. So you, yeah, you can have your Louis luggage with your platinum Daytona in it, and there it goes. <laughs> and your and your Bosphorus watch roll. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, for sure. This is why personally, um, and I, again, I don't know how you travel, uh, but personally for me, I, I will never check anything unless I absolutely have to. And if, if I do do that and I do check something, whatever I check is of the least value to me. So it's a t-shirt I picked up on the vacation. It's an old pair of shoes. It's something that if it gets lost, if it gets stolen, if it gets damaged, I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm not going to cry about it. It's easily replaceable. Everything that's of value never leaves my person when I travel. And that's inclusive of my watches. There's times like when I go to and stay in a hotel room and I'm traveling, um, I will take whatever extra watch that I have and, uh, and take it with me everywhere. I will lug all of my collection around because I know it's safer with me than it is uh, in the room somewhere overnight or, you know, for multiple hours throughout the day where I don't have eyes on it. So it's, it's kind of crazy, but I just don't leave my stuff ever. Yeah. I mean, I call it paranoia or whatever. I mean, it might just be again, the New Yorker in me, but like, I literally just like, don't trust anybody. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, I am of the same mindset and I come up, I come from a very completely different background. Oh yeah. Just, it's just like I've been to New York enough times. I've traveled to different places enough times to be like, nothing is safe. Like, especially me, like if if I'm if I'm traveling for work, which I do quite often, um, I'll be in the hotel literally in the morning when I leave and get ready for work. And at night when I come back and crash, there's no real in between time that I'm hanging out in my hotel room. So for a good, I don't know, eight hours, I'm like all my stuff is literally just open to whoever wants to rummage through it because I will not physically have eyes on it. And I know things have changed a lot now with COVID. Uh, There's a lot less hotels that are able to facilitate like room changes and daily housekeeping, like every single night of your stay. So that's changed a little bit, which is pretty comforting um, because, you know, it just lets you know, Hey, you know, somebody hasn't been in your room messing with your stuff. Um, you know, while you're gone and not saying that somebody would, but I just added extra peace of mind. Right. But um, that's not everywhere. And especially nicer places like nicer hotels are still doing that. So what's what's going to happen? 
Yeah, I'm a big just, hotel safe hotel safe guy. Yeah, I, I me too, but I'm also not at the same time because like I've heard stories of colleagues first-hand accounts on business trips, like putting all their stuff in the hotel safe and miraculously was open when they got back and all of the stuff was gone. Jeez. Like, well, who took it? Well, hotel sets got an override key to, to open it. So, you know, in case you lock your stuff in there, you can't get it open, right? You just, you, you can't trust anybody, man. It's uh, it's a wild world. Yeah. No, I like you. I, I usually keep whatever on me at all times. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty big minimalist, so it'll probably be a, it's a small bag because again, the bigger bag is easier just to like sneakily pickpocket, you know, like you could easily unzip the oh, the back of a big bag and snake something out of it. Whereas like if it's yeah. smaller, you know, they got to get closer to you and, yeah, or, you know, try to cut it off you or whatever. Yeah. I, and, I, and, and like, whenever I travel, like, like, so let's say I travel for what for work. Right. And I got my watches with me. My watches never leave my carry on. Like I will bring that in specifically. I have one bag that I bring with me everywhere. That's I got my luggage carry on and I got my carry on personal item. Right. Um, that bag is literally on my person at all times. My watches, if I'm traveling with them, they're always in the inside pocket at the bottom of my bag. So there's not any auxiliary pockets or anything like they're inside. Like You would have to steal everything off of me at the same time in order to get access to 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 the high prize which is my timepieces so it's uh i've been in see new york too many times like i've seen some some vile stuff that i'm just like i cannot and will not chance this there's yeah, no well, my, my wife makes fun of me she she calls me paranoid i mean i think i've seen too many mobster movies and stuff but like i am very aware of my surroundings it, and like I always know where the door is and like always, I always, always I always pick people up coming in and out of the door and she's always like, who, who are you staring at? I'm like, it's not about that. I just like it's to be a, it's very a vibe. aware of my it's surroundings. It's a vibe. It's a vibe, man. You can pick up who's got good energy and who's got bad energy right away. And I'm with you on that. Like, it's not even so much as like I'm paranoid. It's just I'm just cautiously aware. That is the difference. That's the way that I always just, I frame it to everybody. I'm aware of my surroundings to a hyper level. Because that's what's going to keep me alive. That's what's going to keep me safe and keep people around me safe. When I walk in New York City, unless I'm passing somebody on the street, like I will walk as closest to the wall of buildings as possible. Why? Because if somebody's going to potentially attack me, it can only theoretically be from one direction. Right. I've eliminated 50 percent of the, uh, the, the, the threats. You know what I mean? It's like it's either directly from behind me or to my left or whatever the opposite side of, of, of that building is. It sounds crazy and dumb, but it's like only in places like that do I have to do that because that's how you stay safe. That's how, especially now, man, the city's a little crazy. As much as people want to tell you it's not, it's a little crazy. Now, everywhere's a little crazy. I mean, it's it's definitely better than it used to be, but like it's it's definitely got its parts that are just not even parts, just people all over the place. You get that many that many people in, in a small concentrated area. Yeah, that that's wild, just what wild things happen for sure. Last time wild I was there, there was there was a guy walking up and down the street ranting about how he was gonna break somebody's arm and somebody conned him or something. I was like, geez, this is this is gonna end well. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So, so 
if you weren't traveling somewhere, how, how do you normally take your stuff, bro? Uh, I, I got to be honest. I pack light, man. I really, I pack minimal bags. I pack minimal everything like the, the like right amount of days worth of clothes plus one, just in case. Right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Minimal footwear. I'm like, as I don't know. I like to, I like to travel light because I like to just be able to pick up and go if I have to, like if things go yeah. kind of sour and you gotta maybe pick up and move hotels or something. I like to be able to just do that without, Oh, where's this? Where's this? Or yeah. if you got to get going quick, you know, I got all my stuff ready to go. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm very much the same way too. Like even when I get to a place, like let's say I'm staying in a hotel for a week or whatever, I will only take out my clothes as needed per day. Like, you know, some people like will set everything out. And oh like, yeah. Like put it in the every- dresser. I'm like, what are you yeah. a serial killer? I was like, no, like I will take, <laughs> you know, one work shirt, one you know a pair of undergarments one pair of socks whatever i need for that one day daily because like you if something goes south and i gotta pick up and move i'm not having to pack up an entire week's worth of stuff i'm packing it up daily you know so it's just like it's ready to go you know i got my personal item i got my carry-on and that's it like boom let's go and like you said minimal footwear i got dress shoes i got walking shoes and that is it. Nothing in between. And usually those walking shoes can kind of be a little bit more casual if I need them to be or a little bit more dressy if I need them to be. But uh, but usually they're going to be kind of an in-between, if you will. Now, obvious logic when you're traveling says, well, you could always just bring a beater and call it a day. Nah. No, sorry. Right. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's the rub is we are not logical. Otherwise, we would just be wearing Apple watches or just using exactly. our phones. Right. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So clearly we are we can throw the whole logic thing out the window to start. Uh, I usually base what I'm bringing off heavily off where I'm going. Yes. Um, if I'm crossing borders. I'm automatically probably not bringing something as nice as like my best pieces. Yep. I would lean if I'm going to bring something nice, I'm going to lean under the radar, I think. Yeah. And you know, I I mean, I'm obviously just going to bring a beater because you don't know what you're going to be doing. So like if I do bring something nice, I'll probably bring one nice thing and one whether it be a G-Shock, a Seiko, whatever it is, just in case I'm going to be doing something active. Like I know I like to go places that are hot when I vacation. Mm-hmm. So I like beaches. I like, you know, rainforest, stuff like that. That's where I'm at. So I, I do want to bring something that can withstand those elements, I guess you'd say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so what do you bring? Like what, what, what type of watches would you say on the average you travel with the most? I usually will bring my just my straight up regular Seikos. I feel like they're versatile enough that I can wear it with something nice. I could wear them with something more casual. I also just don't like traveling with expensive stuff. Like I don't like even my Grand Seiko. I, I feel like it's it's shiny enough that it could attract the wrong people. And again, I yeah. I think I think a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you're paranoid." Like, "Oh, that doesn't happen." Like I I know people it's happened to. Yeah. You know, I know people who've been, who've had a watch lifted off them in foreign country. Ugh. Yep. 
and I and I've heard I've heard the horror stories too. I mean, I I I'm, I don't know anybody that has directly had that issue, um, thankfully, but um, I do know of people that have had that attempt where somebody did attempt to take their stuff, but for whatever reason they couldn't get it off or they were able to find out before before it got lifted. Uh, there was a gentleman that I knew who was an old client. Uh, and he had bought an Omega from me, specifically an Aquaterra. And the reason why this is funny is because I had sold him, you know, back in the day. This is probably the second generation Aquaterra, eighty five hundred with the uh, the vertical stripes on the yep. dial. And same watch that coincidentally I own, which is kind of a funny story in and of itself. But I remember him telling me after I sold him this watch, he was going on a backpacking trip to Europe. And he came back and he was filling me in with like all the intricacies of his trip, telling me like all the cool stuff that happened and everything. And so he's going through this and he's like, you're never going to believe what happened. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I was going through Barcelona. It was me and a bunch of my friends and we were backpacking. We were traveling light. And he's like, I had my Seamaster with me. And all of a sudden, this lady approached me on the side of the road and she was asking for directions and she was speaking, you know, um, very, very fast spanish you know with this with the like castilian type accent so it's like very 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 fast and all the while she's like putting her hand on me and like looking for direct she was a gypsy come to find out and while she was like talking to him and like putting her hand on him she was like unbuckling his clasp jeez (laughs) and what was crazy is he said the only reason why he knew that she was like attempting to lift his watch is because his Aquaterra clasp, when you open it, it only opens on one side. Uh, it's a yep. it's a butterfly clasp, but one side opens and the other side is still kind of friction set. So you have to physically pull it off to release the mechanism. And he said that he felt her open it and she was already sliding it down his hand before he even realized it. And because the other side of the clasp didn't open all the way, he caught it. He caught her from taking his watch. Jeez. I was like, that is insane. But it's a great selling feature. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's now it's better than the, the stupid lock that people were selling. I was just, uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Can you, do you remember what that was like? Like, I was like, is this real? Like, we're just going to lock it on our wrists. So it seemed we- like, a, like an April Fool's joke, to be honest. Uh, you know, you can't tell anymore because people that are putting like, you know, watch bumpers underneath their watches like to, to that to little cork, cork situation. Yeah, it was like a cork cushion. I was like, is wearing watches that uncomfortable? They you got need those a, strange plastic. You get a cut. Yeah, the, the plastic, plastic covers. Uh, coverings. Oh, my gosh. It just never ceases to amaze me. So so mostly the Seikos. Is there one that you pick over the others? No, I think it depends a little bit of where I'm going. Um, like when I went to Spain, I went to an Atletico game at Atletico Madrid, and um, yeah. their colors are blue and red. So like Pepsi Turtle, no yeah, brainer, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So like I like to think about things like that. Uh, other things I I tend to think about is either where I'm going or what I'm going to be doing. Like you know, if I was if I still had my Panerai, I was going to Italy. I would wear my Panerai. I'd be like, oh, how cool is this? I guess you know, like. 
or if yeah. i was going to if i was going to switzerland so here's the troll like i don't know do you wear a swiss watch or do i be a jerk and wear like a grand seiko and be like <laughs> oh eat it like, <laughs> oh no oh no 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 you gotta you gotta wear Yo, a can swiss i be watch. real for a second though what's the i don't know what it's called there's that famous it's in i think it's in geneva there's a famous it's like a lawn sculpture or whatever it is and it's it's a it's a watch dial and it's like two hands and it's on like a it's like a, a background of greenery everybody put up this picture during watches and wonders okay and i'm sure i could find what it is anyways the hands in it are like clearly like the the hands grand seiko uses which is like so so ironic like i was looking at it, i was like this is a grand seiko <laughs> Oh no! Like those pointy Zeratu polished hands—that's yes, what they look yes, like. Yes, yes, yes. That that watch looks like a Grand Seiko to me, and I'm like, this is so ironic because this, this is a Swiss Ugh. like lawn sculpture. <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing I gotta find me. a picture of it. I gotta find a picture of it and put up in the in the show post, but. You're gonna see people are like, damn, that does look like a Grand Seiko, and and of course it's got a super smooth sweep because it's electric. So it looks even more like a Grand Seiko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, 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 uh, no. <laughs> I was like, did anybody uh, take a look at this before they approved it? But yeah, I like to think about what I'm doing, where I'm going. Um, as far as if I can match the activity or, you know, like I said, the colors to if I'm going to go see a team game or something. Yeah. Um, you know, but if I'm going to be at the beach and stuff, obviously I'm going to want to bring the diver, going to want to bring something, you know, no problem with going underwater and not really afraid to get scuffed up in the sand. Exactly. And again, I, I insure my nicer stuff like I have it insured. So, like, again, nothing to really worry about, I guess. But I also don't want to go hunting down watches that are not exactly super easy to get, like having the lump of cash in your hand yeah that's cool but like you didn't lose but you kind of lost because you're gonna have to go through that whole process again oh yeah yeah there's no question about that like and again like how do you find that stuff over again like it was different like when i think about like my doxa yeah your dog right? that was what i was exactly thinking of is your doxa you're you would be so like, hard pressed to get that i i and I at would, the same price, no chance. Yeah, it's impossible at the same chance that I, that I bought this watch for, right? So this one, especially now, given the value of what it is, I I don't really, I don't really take it out as much as I as I used to. I was wearing it today because I took my daughter to the pool, but it's just not something that I bring out often anymore. Just because now it's it's more valuable. So if I am going to wear my Docs, I'll wear my Sub Two Hundred instead of the the Black Lung, but um it's a cool watch i mean now could i replace it with a standard sub 300 yes of course i could totally do that but it's not a black one it's not a black lung and that's the part that would kill me so um that would be very hard like you can't you you legit can't replace this so if i'm looking for something like that i want that kind of like you know vintagey tropical vibe you know I bring my I bring divers a lot because I can really do everything in them. Um, depending on where I'm going, I might take my Seamaster 300 just because even though it's an Omega for the vast majority of people, it's pretty low key. It doesn't look like a Rolex. It doesn't look like anything that people would want to steal. And so in a lot of ways, people just leave it alone. 
Um, if I am going to a little bit more less than stellar situation, uh, then I'll wear something like um, a Squale or I'll wear, you know, my Seiko Monster, something like that, where if people see it and they take it, okay, cool. You, you, took, a, you took a watch from me, but it's not something like overly nice. Like I remember about five or six years ago now, my wife and I went diving in Mexico and there was a time where we got down to where we were going to go and we were like stuck waiting for like this water transport barge that was coming. So we were like in this like cabana, like on the streets of this Mexico town right off the water. And all of a sudden, like you start seeing some people that you're like, that guy looks like he's probably in the cartel. Like, this is maybe not the safest place for where we should be right now, especially as uh, American tourists. So, like, that was one of those situations where, like, I was definitely wearing, like, my Seiko Monster. Because I was like, if this if this goes south, all my nice watches are packed away, you know? They're not in Mexico. So, um, it just depends, man. It's, it's, uh, it's a weird thing. Do you travel with any GMTs? Uh, I have in the past. Um, not, There's one not, complication not pull, I've never explored, but I have traveled with GMTs before. Um, okay. You know, it's kind of like you said when you when you're overseas, it's you don't really know what you're gonna get. It doesn't yeah. really matter, you know, resorty or not. There's always kind of something. Like I'll throw you an example of somebody I know is that. So this they were I believe on their honeymoon, and. The guy was sketched out about something about the room. Either he thought somebody went in the room or he, was, he wasn't he was thrilled with the safety of the room. So he's at the desk. He's making a big scene. And uh, I, I think something got taken. And he's like, so he's, he's like demanding the police. And the police come. And he's like, no, I want the I want the real police. They were like kind of like the like rent-a-cops. He's like, I want the real police not down. I think he was in DR. And he's like, you know, DR, like they have like military police. Yeah, yeah. So they come and they're like, all right, you're coming with us. And you're like, you know, he's like, oh, my God, like, what what is this? So, like, they take him like this secluded area in like a field and they're like, you have two choices. You can get on the next flight and never, ever come back. Or you can just be satisfied with the like what the police are giving you and shut up and we'll leave you alone. And he was like, <laughs> obviously, he thought he was going to get like killed out in this field. He's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just. uh you know, go along with whatever, like, <laughs> you know, but like you, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, and, and, well, and, the, and that's the thing is like, people forget too. like when you're and, in the United States, like, the those record, things will I'm happen. Sure, I'm sure everybody was saying, ah, oh, stupid, stubborn American. He's not, he was not an American. He's a French guy. So there's that. Yeah. But even still, I mean, like, you know, it's one of those things that like, we just get so desensitized, like that things like that don't exist. They don't happen necessarily in our world so much. But when you go to these foreign like places, like I remember in Mexico when I'm like sitting on this, you know, beach under this cabana bar thing, I remember looking across because it's all open air, right? Like I'm in the sand. It's all open air. My wife and I are in there. there with my buddy who's a dive instructor. And I'm literally looking behind us. And there's, you know, a part, a guy that was in the, you know, the, the you know, part of the, the Mexican federales. He's standing on an F-150 in the bed with a mounted 30 cal machine gun. Like just chilling. 
And as you would walk, he would just like sweep you, you know, just like back and forth. Seems legit. <laughs> just like, like, what is happening? Like, but that's just normal. That's just how it is. Like that dude is ready to engage a hostile threat. It could be. Which me. exists. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. But I mean, you know, everyone else is just who lives in this town or just has visited this area. They're just like, yeah, that's just, you know, it's just what it is. When was, when was the last time you walked down the street anywhere and you saw a dude chilling in the back of a, of a pickup truck with a machine gun and not like a not like a machine gun that, that's a personal use, like a heavy armored machine gun, like for engaging like massive amounts of people. OK, 30 caliber machine gun can blow up a truck. Right. It would cut a person in half. You yeah, know, it's easily. like it, it's. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, we are not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Like, this is this is real life. Definitely don't want to be on the on the wrong side of that guy for sure. For sure. Yeah, there you it, go. There, there's definitely times I've been, I've been, I'm sure there's more than I can even think of right now. But there's definitely times where I'm like, man, or even just like, man, I'm glad I'm not wearing something really, really nice. Like, if I had like a, I don't know you know, a, a gold day date or something. And I was wearing it. Like I, I remember I was in Puerto Rico one time and I was riding a bike, rented bikes. I mean, I think old San Juan, I'm going over this bridge, you know, pedaling away. And as I'm getting over the, the hump of the bridge, I start to see somebody, you know, walking towards me. This dude had a machete in his hand walking down the street casually <laughs> you know but like you, you he's on Monday my side morning of, he's on my side of the street and i'm just thinking to myself i'm like this is how i end like this dude's just gonna wait for me to go by and decapitate me and that that's it yeah <laughs> and he's smiling he's smiling at me oh that makes he knows even, i'm petri- he knows i'm petrified that's and that makes it even creepier too like just dude. like just can I'm you like, imagine some dude walking down the street in new york city with a machete like just no it's like but i'm just thinking to myself i'm like imagine i had like you know a bunch of gold jewelry on maybe this dude oh, actually dude. does it you know <laughs> yeah, like no. and of course I, I go by and he's like hi and i'm like oh my god like <laughs> the puerto rican leather face you, you like, interacted let go, with him let me go bridge. change my pants real yeah quick. right he's like can i wear your face as my face now <laughs> but that's one of those things but I, I was i was with my my wife was my girlfriend at the time and just she was like, you know, I'm like, oh my god. She's like, what? I'm like, what? Like, you have no awareness. Like, I, I thought yeah. we were about to get killed, and you were like, oh, whatever. It's just some local. Yeah, that that happens a lot too. I um, uh, my wife and I were downtown, and we had met some friends for dinner. And this is this is where in the city where I live, which is you know, I don't ever go downtown, and it's usually not a bad area, but I remember. I was having this internal debate with myself to wear um, to wear something nice, you know, like to, to dress up a little bit, uh, to wear a nicer watch, you know, something like that. And and to this day, I'm glad that I didn't because my wife is like, no, just wear something, you know, nice, but not overly nice. So I wore my Tissot. I had a Tissot Viso date and, you know, day day automatic, nothing fancy. This is the older reference, like way, way, way back, long time ago. And I remember wearing it that night. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, no big deal. And uh, we're getting ready to leave dinner, and it's late. Like, it is late, late. Um, 
So we're walking down the street and we're heading to our car because, you know, downtown, you got to park everywhere. Uh, so we're walking back from where we ate to physically, you know, where we parked. And it's, you know, close to midnight and it's a dark area. And all of a sudden I noticed a group of gentlemen sitting on this curb as we're walking past them. And immediately they all kind of like were talking with each other and they all just got like quiet, like all of a sudden, like I am picking up on this and it's odd. Right. And then I'm kind of keeping my eyes forward and I'm walking and I notice out of the corner of my eye that each one, like as we're walking by, they all stand up and like kind of like circle behind us. And I'm like, oh, as soon as we walk to the end of this street and we walk around this corner of this building we are getting jumped like this is 100 happening there's no question about it so immediately i started walking at a much faster and accelerated pace because i'm the only one that knows what's happening like my friend he's oblivious you know our our um you know both of the, the girlfriends at the time that would become wives they're completely oblivious to everything that's going on and so immediately, just by the, the great, you know, uh, uh, great fortune that we had, there was an open hotel lobby door, like literally of, you know, 10, 15 feet up that I didn't know was there. So as soon as I started walking past it, I just took everyone in. It's like, here's our hotel. And like, I just walked everybody in and I was like, why are we walking into this random hotel? Like, we're not staying here. I'm like, get your ass like in this hotel. Like, we need to get inside now. Because I don't know what's happening on the other end of this corner here. And sure enough, like those guys waited for a good 20, 25 minutes for us to come outside. And I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was a very traumatic, very and again, just one of those things you just never know what's gonna happen. And I could have lost everything at very minimum, you know. Yeah. So it was very interesting definitely don't want to be a part of that ever again you know but I, th- I think it's a it's a valuable thing especially for people who are into stuff like we are i mean if you're going to have i mean it, you don't want to live life owning nicer stuff that you have to worry Never about enjoy. taking out yeah. with you but also if you're going to do it like you just have to you just have to be aware you have to know that some people are going to pick up on it and it might not be the people you want to yeah yeah speaking of horrific experience at just kidding it's not horrific but like the worst kind of wish experience of all time so I'm, i was recently sitting at my local uh cigar shop right and i'm sitting there ha- mm-hmm. having a having, having a stick and uh you know I'm, I'm watching the games i'm just relaxing and the guy next to me i just happen to glance over on his phone he is looking at watches. <laughs> okay. Right. So All I, right. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I'm wearing, I think I'm wearing my Zodiac. It's very loud. You know, you could see it. There's no mistake. And it's, you know, I'm wearing a watch. This guy's not wearing one. So for me to approach, impossible. Because then I got to admit that I'm looking at his phone, which is yeah. no go. And, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm smoking, I'm smoking with the left hand. Yeah, hoping like, he notices. T- yeah, nothing. Like two hours, zero. No conversation. Biggest letdown of all time. I'm like, this dude is sitting here looking at watches, and they were nice ones. I could tell what they were, and I was like, ah. And it, but again, impossible approach. I could not make the approach 
Sometimes it would just, you just be super creepy. Sometimes you just gotta go for it, man. Bro, you like watches? Oh, how'd you know? Ah, lucky guess. <laughs> I mean, people who usually sit down and smoke cigars and in, in cigar lounges like a couple of a few different things. They like cars. <sighs> they know. like guns. They like watches. Booze, yeah. They like booze. I mean, it's kind of like you take your pick. Ah, you just look like a guy who's looking for a watch. Who's rolling the dice, bro? <laughs> I wasn't it's looking one at of your four phone. options. You know, it's always <laughs> the same story. So it's either the watch, <laughs> the cars, the guns, the girls. You know, whatever it is. You do the I old like movie, the old movie thing with like, how'd you know that? And be like, don't don't we all like? Don't we all like watches? <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, but I, <sighs> I've had those moments in real life where I just. Like, I just bite the bullet and I end up doing it. And it's super awkward at first because they're just like, why are you talking to me? And how do you know, like, what I'm doing or, or like, what I'm interested in? But other times, it's just like, you just got to shoot your shot. Like, the first time that I ever saw a doxa in real life, this guy, I was literally getting a haircut. And this guy walks in with one. He's sitting down in the waiting lobby. I'm sitting down in the waiting lobby. And he's got his headphones in. And I just, I did one of those numbers where, like, you, you, you kind of point to the ear and like you pull out the head, like you do the yeah. motion, like you're going to, and the guy looks at me, he's like, you want me to take my headphones out so you can talk to me? And I was like, Hey, I, I know it's weird, but is that a doxa? And he's just like, and he just completely changes the meter and then took his other headphone out. We started talking about doxas for about 10 minutes. So it was just like one of those things that like, you know, sometimes you got to be awkward and weird, but, uh, but to this day, I remember that, that haircut because it was a cool interaction. We also have to consider that eventually somehow in the conversation, it's the guy's going to ask about me. And then what if I have to somehow transition to, yeah, I'm a watch meme Lord. (laughs) (laughs) The only watch meme Lord for me. Just super. I was thinking about like how many ways this could have gone wrong. I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to do it. (laughs) I'll just writhe here in agony and awkwardness. But it's so funny. Oh, man. That's the plight. That's the plight of the watch person. I did. It It really is, though. It really, really is. It's just like, how do you do this? How do you make it happen? But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, so there you go. Travel. Travel light. Travel with the stuff on you. Travel smart. Travel smart. That is very, very important. We gave you some inside tips on how to navigate New York City or other very crazy busy cities, um, which can be equally challenging. So, um, yeah, travel with a beater if you think it's necessary. And the other thing is, too, don't overly flash your stuff. Even if you are traveling with nice stuff and you want to, you want to enjoy it and you want to wear it, as bro was indicating, just don't put it out there. Don't be the guy who's taking wristies on a busy street in the middle of the day. Like, that is a wrong thing to do. Because now everyone's like, oh, this guy feels like his watch is so important to take photos of. That Let me, let me see what he's got. Yeah, let me see what he's got. Like, don't do that. You know? Um, just be smart when it does come to traveling with watches, especially as you guys travel to enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. Um, and again, 4th of July. And soon 4th of July. And again, uh, thank you to all of our active duty, former, and no longer with us uh, military members. Uh, We do sincerely appreciate everything that you do for us. So thank you.
as well as those who are dedicated to making sure their their macaroni does not stick. So we appreciate you appreciate you as well. <laughs> I still get a picture of this, and I'm just like, this is the most savage thing I've ever seen in my life. Like some guys, like hold on, we're taking fire, but this pasta is gonna be lit when we're done. <laughs> so just real quick before we wrap up everything, bro. So is every single type of pasta just macaroni? It's like a, it's it's kind of like a, a really bad generalizing term for pasta. You would just call it macaroni. It's like how um, Italians call sauce gravy a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not. I I never really bought into that one. I'm more of a sauce guy. But yeah, uh, but because it, like it's not a gravy. Yeah, it's a lot sauce. of them would be like, oh, we got to make the gravy. It's like what? gravy. It's, is- it's just one of those. Th- there's a lot of these old world. Uh, terms that make no sense that uh that they just ride with and it's it's almost funny it's almost like fun to go with, like go along with but uh, it's i don't know that's that's so interesting because you're like yeah we make the macaroni i'm like macaroni and cheese like every sunday well that and they love they love pronouncing things in the what they perceive as italian dialect but it's not it's more like the what was left after they came over thing like yeah so instead of like people would say manicotti they go manicot not even close right like i know a lot of people know the mozzarella one instead of mozzarella oh yeah mozzarella they say mozzarella yeah uh, the probably the worst one is there's a type of pasta called cavatelli yeah and they say they literally say gavadil with a g it's like gabagool everybody knows gabagool gabagool yeah. is really capicola but gabagool is way more fun to say. So, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm. By the way, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, salt cured meat fan. So, anybody wants to get into that conversation, please, by all means. Maybe that's a, that should be a future episode. Watches to pair with food. Watches and prosciutto. I'll leave that up to you. You're the food expert. <laughs> I will say this, though. The one time I met you in person and went back to your lovely home and you made me some amazing French cuisine, I was I was so happy. It was so good. People sleep, bro. Coco Vaughn, people sleep on it. That changed my life when I had it. Oh, it was so good. And when I saw it going in, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Some of this red wattage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the, some of this, the, some of these parts, just it's like it's not something I would have normally gravitated towards. But I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna give this a shot because Bro seems super excited about it, and I'm glad I did because it was phenomenal. I loved it, and I wouldn't go with one that I wasn't confident in. No, no, I, I mean, I had every, I had every, you know. I was like, this is probably going to be good. I mean, bro said he's a chef. I was like, I mean, you know, this is he's he's not like a Burger King chef, you know, like in air quotes. You're not flipping whoppers, you know, like you're doing some real big stuff. Um, so I, I had I had nothing but the utmost confidence in you. It's just it was also it was also interesting, like to meet you in the, for the first time, you know, meet your wife, meet your kids and then like see you work. That was interesting, you know, like all in the same time. So. It was uh, it was pretty cool, but the food was fantastic. I still think about it to this day because nobody I know here knows how to make it, and I am not going to attempt it because I will destroy it and it will ruin it for me. So I definitely will uh, will have to come back and have some more with you. 
Yeah, maybe uh, I know you're coming up here soon. So, yes, a few short weeks, a few short weeks. I should be in the in the city area. So, um, yeah, we'll have to if we can get together. At least uh, go grab a drink, and then uh, if not, then uh, make some food together. Show. But on that note, bro, anything else you need to add with regards to traveling and watches? No, I think that's it. I, I mean, I don't be wrong. I think this episode was a little bit of a uh, people are cracked out and watches, but uh, you know, I think the point came across. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our habits. We're all a little insane, so. Uh, go forth and do likewise emulate us adopt our travel schedules adopt our travel lifestyles when it comes to how to protect your watches and your investment Um, and on that one we'll see you on the next episode take care guys peace